We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kyle Madsen with Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. And I'm here to talk to you about my new favorite thing about football season, and that's prize picks. It's Daily Fantasy Sports, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's easy, exciting, and that's my two favorite things to have in daily fantasy football. It's There's quick withdrawals. It's easy gameplay. There's so many selections of players and stat types that make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. And I know you're probably worried about like daily fantasy sports. Oh, there's pros and there's sharks and there's all these people that dedicate their lives to just winning a daily fantasy. Well, no, no, no. This is just you. You pick more than or less than on two to six players to create an entry. And those two to six players, you pick more than or less than on their stat projections. And then you watch the winnings roll in. It is so easy, and PrizePix offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. There's like Taco Tuesday, where every Tuesday, PrizePix discounts select player projections up to 25%. That gives you even more value. And my very favorite part of all of this, PrizePix offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. So go to prizepix.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. You can jump in and get Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, George Kittle. Slam the more than and root like heck for those guys to go more than those projections. It's, I'm telling you, it's the very best way to consume football. So prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome in. It's Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers pod on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Again, I am decidedly not Kyle Madsen. He is still on vacation on an island somewhere, enjoying a uh, enjoying a tasty beverage, hopefully. Um, Chris Biederman here. Uh, we have Samus Fondiari. You know him from the Light Years podcast. We did a little home and home this week. But before we get to Sam, I want to remind everybody that, of course, we are sponsored by Lamb Chops. I'm wearing my Lamb Chops shirt right now. If you're familiar with Lamb Chops clothing, you know about the quality. You know about the fit. Um, you know about the comfort, all of that A plus. Uh, we love our friends at Lamb Chops over in Minnesota. Recently collaborated with the Minnesota Timberwolves of Nas- National Basketball Association fame for an exclusive line. Um, so check that out, sglambchops.com. Promo code candlestick20 for a discount on your first order. And check them out on uh, Instagram at sglambchops. A, uh, a great partner for us, great clothing. You guys will love it, so be sure to check them out. 
We're also sponsored by Cooperage Brewing in Santa Rosa. If you know, you know, the makers of Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA. As of earlier this week, they were actually running low for the first time all season. Um, they were on the verge of selling out of Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA. I'm not sure if this is going to be the last run of the year or not, but they've had it all year for the first time because of demand and, and how well it's been doing. So we appreciate the support from everyone out there that's been getting their Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA. And look, even if you aren't a Hazy IPA person, um, I am. Cooper just has everything. They have Pilsners. They have West Coast IPAs. They have Stouts. Um, they even have Seltzers. Uh, they have they have loggers. They have everything, and it's all good. It's your favorite breweries, favorite brewery, and uh, so shout out to Cooperage. Check them out in Santa Rosa, or go to cooperagebrewing.com, and you can get a case shipped directly to your front door if you are 21 or and up, and you live in the state of California. Um, all right, that's it for the ads. We got 49ers lines in the NFC Championship game, and we got Samus Fondiari of Light Years here to talk about it. Let's go. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Bosa's got him and a second back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. You know, I actually had a Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA on Friday. They sell it at a local restaurant near me. Oh, quite, I love that. How'd you like the beer? How'd you like it? Oh, I love it's it. Good, I, right? It's it's not the first time I've had it. Uh, Hazy's are generally right up my alley. But uh, with that said, I can be pretty picky with judging them, be kind of like a snob about it. This is definitely one oh, of yeah. the better ones I've had. Well, given how you watch basketball and you value, you know, <laughs> defense and and being efficient on the offensive end, you drinking hazies is uh, is not entirely surprising. I'm assuming you're wearing like a flannel shirt or something while you're doing so. No comment. <laughs> All right, Sam. Um, you obviously do great stuff on the Warriors, but we love talking 49ers with you too. Um, as someone who pays attention to the discourse in sports media in the NBA, but also the NFL. Um, I guess we got to start with Brock Purdy because it does feel like it, it does get a little bit ridiculous at times. Um, I'm very much of the opinion that that Brock's a very good quarterback and within the confines of, you know, his surrounding pieces, Kyle Shanahan's offense, he can perform at an elite level. And I think what what gets lost in the distinction is and Nick Wagner said it earlier in the pod uh, this week, and I think he made a great point that, you know, being the most productive quarterback is not always the same as being the best quarterback. And I think a lot of people uh, have a hard time making that differentiation. Um, in terms of Brock Purdy, like, do you think he's elite and maybe the best quarterback we'll see since Tom Brady or complete trash? Where do you fall on the, uh, on the spectrum, Sam? Oh, I'm glad we're opening on Brock <laughs> because I have takes. I, I found kind of the general discourse around Saturday's game insane. Uh, only a quarterback who you've predetermined can't be that good would have a game where they led a game winning drive and basically played poorly the first half into the third quarter, then finally figured it out. Only uh, in 99% of cases, we talk about their mental toughness uh, and how they fought through it and figured a way out to win. 
but because people can't accept the fact that, you know, Brock is actually a good player. It was met with the skepticism and see, told you he's not that good. He got lucky at the end. Um, yeah, he's not Pat Mahomes. Uh, I, I've yet to hear anyone claim he's Pat Patrick Mahomes, but he's decidedly an above average starting quarterback. And if I started making a list of quarterbacks I'd want, like, I don't think I get to 10 before I get to Brock. He's sitting somewhere, you know, you know, he's sitting somewhere like not in the top five or anything, but like, there's only a handful of truly special quarterbacks in the league. And then after that, everyone's kind of like, yeah, he doesn't have the arm strength ideally you'd want, but he might be uh, one of the best decision makers and, you know, quickest processors of the game that you could find. So that's my long winded way of saying I'm, I'm pro Brock. Yeah. Like I, I am too. I think, you know, the funny thing too is like, and obviously I'm not saying a quarterback plays against another quarterback specifically or going against the defense. Right. But how many good quarterbacks has Brock Purdy outplayed on the same field in the same game that we consider among the top in the NFC, right? Like, I think Dak Prescott's a more talented quarterback than Brock Purdy. I think he has a bigger mm-hmm. arm. I think he can make a, a more unique array of throws. But Brock Purdy has outplayed Dak Prescott in every opportunity they've had. And Brock Purdy, in his two years as a starter, has advanced further th- in the playoffs than Dak Prescott has. Um, and again, this isn't a conversation about me saying Br- Brock Purdy is better than Dak Prescott. But at some point, like the resume is the resume and you can only win the games that are in front of you. And Brock Purdy is doing that in a way that maybe some other guys who are in, in that conversation as believed to be better, better than Brock Purdy are not doing. Or, or how about even Jordan Love? It was weird yeah. to see the conversation be about how he played better than Brock. I mean, I don't know. He was up. He literally just had to not turn the ball over in the second half, and he couldn't avoid doing that. You can, you can say what you want. Uh, about the teams they're working with but they got the lead first he just had to manage the game the rest of the way and he couldn't do that you know um yeah. and I, i'm you know i'm not saying he's as accomplished as anyone else but you know you start going down the list yeah he tends to outplay most of the players he goes against uh he outplayed jalen hurts when they played the eagles this year and i know that he had a <laughs> terrible uh ending to the season but considering the year he had just come off of you can't call him a bad quarterback um, right. Baker, Baker Mayfield, you know, uh, whatever you think of him, like he did lead Tampa to the the playoffs. They did have a nice little run there. Uh, when they went head to head, like it was no contest who the better player was, uh, between those two. You can keep going down the line. Like he's just, a, he's a good starting quarterback. Yeah. And I, I think the rain was obviously a factor and it, it was a factor for Jordan Love too. And you could, you could probably make the case that had 49ers defenders not been slipping all over the field and leaving guys wide open, or Ambry Thomas interfering with Lions receivers uh, leading to those two touchdowns. Maybe it's a different type of game and a different type mm-hmm. of outcome for Jordan Love. Um, so there are always extenuating circumstances. And, and that's the thing I'll always come back to is that like, it's still such a small sample. Like mm-hmm. Brock Purdy has played and finished in four playoff games. Right. And even, um, you know, even like I, I've made the point earlier this week that, that Tom Brady in what 22 of his 48 playoff games had a worse passer rating than Brock had on Saturday. And obviously passer ratings, a flawed stat and had the Packers intercepted a couple of those passes. Brock Purdy's passer rating looks a lot different and maybe the 49ers lose, but the point stands 
the broader point beyond just the passer rating thing is that like even some of the best quarterbacks you've ever seen have bad playoff games in wins and losses and in Super Bowls. So to judge Brock Purdy based on one playoff game, I think is a little bit crazy because, you know, I I, just... I'm not expecting I'm, I'm not expecting the 49ers to move on from Brock Purdy anytime soon. So he's going to have more playoff opportunities. I just it's the lack of benefit of the doubt that kind of frustrates me. Uh, if he was a first round pick, the conversation would be they shouldn't have rested him in week 18. He looked rusty in the first half. They almost gave that game away because of the rust. And who knows how that plays out? Like, I do think rust was decidedly a factor there. And not that it was the wrong decision for them to rest players because no one would be happy if anyone got anyone key got injured in week 18, but it's just kind of like the perfect storm of haven't played a real game in three weeks. It's raining, which is just something they haven't dealt with in most of their games. Uh, And green Bay had a really smart game plan to come out with. And the next thing you know, you're in a tight game in the middle of the third quarter uh, in a game you thought was probably going to be easier than that. That's kind of how the playoffs go. Playoff games aren't meant to be pretty like it, you can always get lucky like the way they did in 2019 against green Bay, where it was just a no contest game from the beginning, but usually playoff games are a little ugly and it's more about kind of how you adjust to bad breaks uh, than just like expecting to pitch the perfect game start to finish. Especially when it's raining. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and like, you know, we can't gloss over the fact that Brock Purdy has been objectively a worse quarterback in the rain. Um, and that's maybe something that the 49ers but, will have to deal with down the line, but it's, it doesn't look like it's going to rain Sunday. But even that, like, I, I wonder how much that's really a thing, or are we going off of two games where he started poorly, but still led game winning drives in the rain? Like, do we know that if yeah. he played substantially more games in the rain, he wouldn't just adjust over time? Um, I think the only thing you can that's say good. is, Someone like Jordan Love, uh, you know, in Green Bay, you're playing in kind of shitty weather. Uh, I don't know, eight games out of the season. So you would you have to adjust or you're just not going to you're not going to hang. Whereas you quarterback a West Coast team, uh, it's always going to be a little out of the blue when you go into those conditions, because like we have very uh, moderate climate in the Bay. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. The coldest I've ever been in October I think 2018, the Niners had a Monday night game. I think it was the first or second week of October. And uh, it's wild how cold it was. It was like low 30s in October, whereas, you know, Northern California, it's no in Green Bay. Oh, in Green Bay. Okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the way it's wild how how different the weather is out there. But right. uh, that that's that's a different I was, topic. I was going um, to say Monday night in October in Santa Clara, it's probably a nice 73 degrees or something. Oh, yeah. Well, it's looking like it might it might even be 70s on Sunday, which is kind of wild. But um, so the weather probably shouldn't be a factor. Uh, But I want to talk about Kyle Shanahan because I don't know if he's as polarizing as as he once was, um, because, you know, going to four NFC championship games in five years and a Super Bowl appearance and three straight NFC title games kind of speaks for itself. Right. And, And the roster. Um, that he's constructed. I mean, he he has say in some of the defensive guys, but he basically picks and chooses the offensive guys, maybe with the exception of offensive linemen. Like all the skill guys, Kyle Shanahan absolutely has his fingerprints on when when they draft them. Um, and it's a reason why the 49ers offense is so good. Um, but 
he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. And we it's it's kind of similar to Brock Purdy to where you are completely discounted as a good coach in the league if or as an elite coach in the league, I should say, if you don't get that Super Bowl ring. Um, if Kyle, Sh- in my opinion, if Kyle Shanahan gets a Super Bowl ring, I kind of feel like he's going to be on a Hall of Fame trajectory pretty quickly because in large part, not only his own success, but you look around the league the and how tree. many teams, yeah, the coaching tree, how many teams are plucking off, whether it's his offensive coaches or his defensive coaches, keep in mind. Like D'Amico Ryans is looks like an excellent head coach with like long term for Houston. Um, that all reflects well on Kyle Shanahan. And I feel like there's there's a lot to be made or a lot to compare between him and Andy Reid. And when Andy Reid was in Philadelphia and going to a bunch of NFC cha- championship games and, and a couple Super Bowls and not winning the Super Bowl there, you know, he was viewed as this choke artist who isn't going to who can never get it done. Then he wins the Super Bowl in 2019. And then all of a sudden, Andy Reid goes oh, from choke artist standard. to, yeah, maybe one of the three to five best head coaches we've ever seen. Right. And I don't know that Kyle Shannon's ever going to get there, but it's just amazing to me what a Super Bowl could do for for a head coach and particularly Kyle Shanahan's case where are you at on Shanahan and and how he should be considered among the elite quarterback or the elite head coaches in in the NFL I mean I think you nailed it uh you can't put him in that pantheon of the greats until he starts winning Super Bowls and I'm gonna say plural there to a degree too like just when you start talking about the best coaches of all time Bill Belichick uh you know, uh, Bill Walsh, a lot of bills, apparently. Um, they're all like multiple time winners. You think of these iconic teams over an extended period. Uh, it's not like they won every year. I mean, for as iconic as the 80s Niners are, it was four Super Bowls over an eight or nine year window. Uh, but they were competitive every year. And, you know, that's kind of how football goes. Like sometimes you just get hurt at the wrong time. Right. It's a hard sport yeah. to repeat it and do all that sort of stuff. Um, so for Kyle to actually be considered one of the greats, he does need to start winning Super Bowls. Um, but if you're talking about just active coaches in the league right now, Andy Reid's really the only guy who I think you could make a strong case for like, OK, he's on his own level above Kyle. Um, and after that, like, I don't know, you know, uh, Bill Belichick's obviously no longer coaching. Maybe he'll land with some team next year. Maybe he won't. Uh, Kyle's got as uh, good a case as anyone to be the best coach in the league. Yeah. And he's, he's not without flaws. Like I think every single coach has, has flaws and he doesn't, I didn't think he had a particularly great game on Saturday. Um, I, there, there are times where some of the decision-making is a little questionable, particularly at the end of halves when he's, he's more concerned about the other team getting the ball than scoring points. And I, I know he, in his press conference today on Thursday, yeah, he's a little conservative, but I know in his press conference today, he made a, a long, a long stand, a long point and argument about, you know, the numbers behind it and, and the empirical data that suggests he's handling those things the right way. I go back and forth with an- analytics, but that's not, that's not, um, that's not the point of this conversation. I, I just, I think the biggest detriment to Kyle Shanahan is the fact that he hasn't had a star quarterback, mm-hmm. a a consensus star quarterback that he's drafted, he's found, and he's turned into a champion. And maybe that maybe that's a big part of the argument 
where if he gets Brock Purdy to win a Super Bowl, maybe that's the final notch in his belt in the same way that Andy Reid found Patrick Mahomes, traded yeah. up for him. When before that draft, no one really viewed Patrick Mahomes as like this elite prospect, right? Like Patrick Mahomes, what, 10th or 11th um, in that draft? Yeah. And he was no. viewed as, as, as kind of polarizing. So I think that's the last thing Shannon really needs to do. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yo, it's your homies Kyle and Chris for Lamb Chops. SGLambChops.com is the website. They are the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. And follow them on Instagram at SGLambChops because they have some really cool looking stuff that your bland ass boy over here is not very good at styling on his own. And so I pop over to the Instagram. I see how other people are, are dressing themselves in. Uh, maybe it's the... Maybe it's the wolf shorts or the lion shorts, or maybe it's a pair of joggers, or maybe it's the ash gray hoodie that you and I love so much. And I, I base my outfits off of that, and it always makes me look dope, which is the single most important thing. And it's also comfortable. It's also high quality. Yeah. It's super stylish. They're conversation starters, honestly. They also have kids uh, kids sizes on here, too. Yes. That and is everything's correct. unisex. Uh, we, we should point out also. So, um, no matter if you're a man or woman, these clothes will look great on you or a child or a child. They have children's sizes and a lot of their <laughs> stuff as well. Use promo code candlestick 20 today to get 20% off your order, or you can do it tomorrow or whenever candlestick 20 is a promo code any day of the week to get 20% off your order from sglambchops.com. Uh, shout out to them. We really appreciate their support and, uh, we would appreciate it if you support them by going to sglambchops.com and ordering some dope, comfortable, high-quality clothing. Join the herd today. And it's funny you mentioned Andy Reid because he would have. we would describe Andy Reid the exact same way we're describing Kyle Shanahan pre-Patrick Mahomes. You know, he yeah. kind of went through a lot of quarterbacks. The play calling is amazing, um, but he just never seems to find the right quarterback. Donovan McNabb's the closest he came but that was a very polarizing relationship in its own way. Um, and then, you know, well, Mahomes is the best quarterback of his generation. And it looks like short of something weird happening. That's not changing anytime soon. And now history with uh, Andy Reid is written in a completely different way. So you're right. Like it could be, I mean, I know the, the uh, optimist uh, super homer take is like, what if Brock Purdy is the next Tom Brady, you know, found in the late rounds, he turns to that guy. It's like, well, <laughs> but I mean, what's Bill Belichick without Tom Brady, right? Like he's still yeah. a brilliant defensive coach and they probably win nothing. They shuffle quarterbacks. He's 
honestly, they're probably the Pittsburgh Steelers where you're just like, wow, they just smartly find ways to make the playoffs despite never having a quarterback. Um, so sometimes it's, sometimes it's just dumb luck like that too. You know, like he wins with yeah. Brock Purdy and Brock continues developing and, and becoming uh, more and more dynamic the way he uses him and turns into like this long-term solution. We look at him completely differently, you know, and if he doesn't yeah. and he moves on to a new quarterback in two years, because uh, Brock's a pumpkin and, you know, it, it all bursts and that sort of thing. We're back to the same old Kyle Shanahan discourse. I find that like particularly with draft discourse over the last, I don't know, 10 years or so with with the evolution of social media. And, you know, you if you go to the senior bowl or this or the combine, sure. they have they give out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of credentials now. And everybody is a draft expert and everybody is looking at traits and everyone's so obsessed with size and athleticism and arm strength. Mm hmm. And the ability to play the position and the cognitive power that it takes and the spatial awareness that it takes, I feel like is lost more and more in times like this when we watch like a Justin Fields pro day at Ohio State where right. he's running a 4-4-40 and throwing the ball 80 yards. And it's like, oh, man, got to draft that guy. He's going to be great. It's like, I mean, maybe. And you see a lot of great quarterbacks with those elite traits, right? Mm -hmm. But we kind of forget that so much of it is about brain power and like and just and processing and decision making and spatial awareness and timing like those are the areas where Brock Purdy excels. And I feel like the 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 people who don't think he's any good are just, are kind of ignoring that aspect of like what playing sports is. It's like Steve Young calls it the force and like, you know, like. Steph sure. Curry isn't the biggest, most athletic dude, but it's just like he just has hand-eye coordination. He has elite shooting. He has elite ball handling, all these different things in his head that make him a, an amazing once-in-a-generation basketball player. I'm not saying Brock Purdy's that way, but sometimes we forget about the I cognitive do think stuff. We, and, yeah, know. I was going to say, I do think we think about the position backwards. Like, we should yeah. – it's often that you start with the physical traits. I mean, Trey Lance is a prime example of this, right? And not to go down that one, but like <laughs> arm strength, uh, you know, foot speed, like uh, by all accounts, like the nicest kid, like you'd want to work with him, that sort of thing. But you watch him play and it's just clear everything goes too fast for him. And that just never changed in his case. And maybe it will in four years, maybe it won't. Uh, but there was no like physical reason why he was a bad quarterback. It's just, this is a very fast position and it didn't click that way. And Brock's the opposite. You know, a lot of his physical yeah. tools are sneaky, you know, sneaky athleticism, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> like uh, all that stuff. But like the thing he has that is undeniable is he reads the field incredibly quick. Like he's got yeah. really fast processing speed and that allows him to, you know, operate with like, what an average arm, you know, like he does, like he's not going to wow you with like the rows he can make on one knee and on a pro day, you know, that sort yeah. of stuff. And like, he's quick, but he's not going to like wow you with a 40 time or that sort of stuff. But none of all, all those measurements, like they don't matter as much as your ability to kind of process and actually execute it. And what does an average quarterback have two seconds, one second yeah. to make a decision? Really? Like that's the game right there. Yeah. And, like moving on, I want to move on to the Lions a little bit. 
I'm really interested in this matchup because of like philosophically what Dan Campbell has sort of become in the sports world. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, you know, Kyle Shanahan, innovative, the Niners are analytically driven, um, very modern approach to team building and, and salary cap construction and all of that. And we sort of associate them with being a cutting edge football team. And I'm not saying the Lions aren't because I'm sure there there are a ton of things they do behind the scenes that are cutting edge. But when I see Dan Campbell and I see him talking about biting kneecaps off and I, I hear him talking about the pride that he takes in coaching in Detroit specifically and that the players take in representing that fan base, it's definitely a throwback, right? Like sure. it's you know, maybe a market inefficiency is tapping into fan-based angst, <laughs> right? Like, uh, like I think, I just think it's a very unique matchup for the Niners in that it's hard to gauge. Like, I think the Niners are the better team, and I, I, I would be very surprised if they didn't win. But I also, it wouldn't shock me if the, if the Lions upset them because of where the Lions are good. Like, Jameer Gibbs could be a real matchup problem. Amon Ross St. Brown could torch Ambry Thomas. Um, the Lions offensive line is elite. Yeah, the Lions offensive line is elite. But in terms of Dan Campbell, I'm just fascinated by like by just who he is and what he represents. Um, I don't know. Is there is there any like any broader picture sports discussion that could be had about a guy who's like all about biting kneecaps and being the tough guy and representing the city? Like, I just find it as an interesting juxtaposition when you talk about Kyle Shanahan and Dan Campbell. I think what's interesting is where you when you try to find similarities between the two of them. And the one thing that I find that's similar about them, even though they have the complete opposite approach, both the way they play, the way they coach, all that thing, is they have complete buy-in from their players. And I really think that's the most important thing. You know, I don't think players look at Kyle, um, you know, as like a rah-rah guy, like he played in the league and like he's going to get me amped up to go hit someone. But you know what the consistent theme with the Niners players is? Complete belief in his play calling. They buy into the scheme. Uh, I mean, how many times have you seen like George Kittle talk about like everything we do is to set something else up? Like they're true believers in what he's doing, which means he's able to communicate his vision incredibly well. So much so that he's able to get a bunch of like a bunch of professional athletes who could easily look at him as like, who's this kid? He didn't didn't play at this level. What was he talking about? And they buy in. And then, you know, Dan Campbell does it, like you said, it's like a throwback, but he does it in a complete opposite way. He was a player. He's, you know, he plays up kind of the meathead card where he can, but like they buy into him because he's good at the way he says it. And I mean, you could probably stretch that to any leader. It all goes back to if you can get buy-in from your team. Um, I think that's kind of what makes it fun because uh, there's this like desire, like you see like Kyle Shanahan have success and everyone's like, all right, got to find myself some 30 something year old, like whiz kid play caller. And maybe, maybe not. There's more than one way to, to, you know, skin the cat or whatever the expression yeah. is. Right? So, and I think that's kind of what's fun about it. Yeah, that, that I totally agree. And that that's why coaching searches are, are like, are kind of interesting because mm-hmm. I mean, there's, the Niners hopefully won't have to deal with a coaching search in a while because from a podcasting perspective, it's just not fun content. But um, (laughs) like when it comes to philosophically, like, do you, do you find that play caller who you'd never have to worry about replacing if he's your head coach 
or do you hire a defensive guy and hope that if you end up having a good offensive coordinator, he doesn't get snatched up to be a head coach elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You can keep him like there's anyway, there's a lot of philosophical stuff um, with that. Uh, why don't we get to prize picks? Um, listeners know that I've, I, it hasn't been a great year uh, for me and my prize picks, but again, we've, we've gone back to the drawing board. We've watched a ton of film. We've taken our hard looks in the mirror um, but prize picks first, it's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Um, prize picks offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games. If you have a player who exits a game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy platform with an injury insurance policy. Um, anybody who plays fantasy sports knows how injuries can completely derail your season. So it's awesome that Prize Picks does that. Um, look, my playing experience in terms of, of winning. Hasn't been great this year. Uh, I, I would implore anyone to fade me if they've been listening to my picks uh, throughout the season. I've only done power plays because we only take big swings here. Um, there's there isn't there isn't a whole lot in it for me to to you know try a bunt single down the third baseline here and there. I'm just swinging for the fences because you know that's what baseball teams do. Um, we're we're not giving away outs here. So uh, Sam. I believe you made a prize pick century before hopping on here. Why don't you, why don't you give the people the good stuff? Yeah. I mean, my prize picks entry are all players in the Niners Lions game. So it kind of follows how I think the game's going to go. I took the over on Brock Purdy's yards, 224 and a half. Like you said, it's probably going to be around 70. It's going to be a clean day. By the way, he cleared this pretty comfortably in the rain. I just can't see him not putting up yards. Um, Amon Ross, St. Brown, plus Christian McCaffrey, a combined 220 rushing receiving yards. I think this is going to be a big CMC week. And, uh, as much as I like the Niners this week, I expect Amon Ross, St. Brown to get loose because I do not think very highly of, of Ambry Thomas and the Niners secondary. I think they're going over there. Uh, and my last one is I've taken the under on David Montgomery's yards. 44 and a half. Basically my read on this is I think the Niners come out incredibly focused after they looked rusty last week. I think Detroit's going to be playing from behind. I think they're probably going to ditch the run game at some point. I maybe I should have played Goff's over also, because I think they're going to put yards up on the Niners. I do think the Niners win comfortably in general, but I think it looks a lot more like Niners games. We've seen this season, something like, 35 17 something in that range Uh, and that's the way i'm going with it i know i'm not trying to be super disrespectful to detroit but uh (laughs) it would be pretty disappointing if the niners can't cover that um i believe the line seven points it's a touchdown so that's that's Uh, my play i'm i'm fully expecting to miss this by like one yard like david montgomery gets a backdoor cover with 45 total yards and just be upset but you know play those all together i'm getting four to one odds not nice payout if they all hit yeah absolutely um let me look at the point spread here uh 
Got, anyway, yeah, I think I think it's it, I don't think it's moved uh, much throughout the week, but I can go back and check. Um, in terms of my prize picks, uh, I like all of yours. I have Purdy. I think your Purdy number was a goblin pick um, because my yeah. I, I have Purdy at two seven two hundred and seventy six and a half yards. I'm going more um, because I do think the Lions' pass defense is bad, and uh, and so uh, I'm I'm in on Purdy, and I think the Niners are going to score a lot of points. Um, there was a demon number here that I really liked. Eric Armstead more than a quarter sack. So if Eric Armstead contributes to a sack in any way, um, this one hits. And you look at Eric Armstead in the playoffs. In 10 playoff games, Armstead has seven sacks. So simple math says that, um, you know, you average that out. He should he should at least have half of a sack on Sunday. And he's been he's been really good in the playoffs coming off the injury last week. I know we talked about having to knock some rust off. I, I think he's going to have an opportunity to get Jared Goff. Um, and I'm going CMC uh, more than half a touchdown um, rushing or receiving. That's a goblin pick. Um, so I went one demon in Armstead, a regular pick in Purdy, and then a goblin pick in CMC getting half of a touchdown or going more than half of a touchdown. That's a 3.8x multiplier. So... Um, you can do the math there. I like uh, I like those numbers, and uh, I like prize picks. It hasn't been good to me this year from a winning perspective. It's my own fault. Um, so if if you uh, if you want to fade me, absolutely feel free um, to fade me. But but those are my picks. Um, so you think the Niners are winning big? You think that Saturday was sort of the the wake up call, and and they get back on track a little bit um, against the Lions. I do. I think Detroit's a um, resilient team. I don't expect it to be like a complete blowout type of game, but I just I think the Niners will come out crisp. I think they're going to get up on them, and I expect them to comfortably win by more than one score. Maybe thirty-five to seventeen was a little overly optimistic on yeah. my end. So, and I do expect <laughs> yeah, I do expect I, points on the board. That's the other that's the other thing uh, I'm expecting. In general, I don't expect either team to like pitch a shutout in any way. Yeah, I'm with you. I think sometimes when you go like in the week to week minutia, you can get so caught up in what happened in the previous game that you can sort of forget the bigger picture and that the Niners are just so talented, so experienced and frankly, so motivated by the fact that like, you know, all these guys understand that this might be the last time this particular group has this opportunity. And given that a number of these guys have gone like, you know, been to four NFC championship games in the last five years and lost the Super Bowl against the Chiefs after the 2019 season. These guys know what that heartbreak is and they're tired of it. And I think you just look at the quality of players they have. It would be so disappointing if this group didn't win a championship. Um, and I think they understand that. And the Lions are very early in their process. The Lions are sort of where the 49ers were in 2019 and that it was their first year of contending. The Niners have just been too good for too long, um, so I'm picking them. They're the better team. Um, I think they bounce back after Saturday, and and I think they win. Let's say, uh, let's say, thirty-one, eighteen. I like it. Yeah, so, sort 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 of a, sort of a weird score. I was gonna um, say they've put up over. They've scored over thirty ten times this season, and. Yeah. Uh, half of the games in which they didn't, they got 28 or 27. 
if the weather is accommodating, I just I, I can't see them not scoring 30. Detroit's not good enough defensively to stop that. I could see Detroit turning into a bit of a track meet, but it's it's hard for me to imagine this Niners team doesn't put a lot of points on the board and look more like the team we saw majority of the season as opposed to the team we saw last week. Yeah, and like there's there's some times in history and we don't need to go back through it, but I think of like that Chiefs home game um mm-hmm. last year where the Niners got completely shellacked 44 to 23 at Levi's Stadium mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh god, like that's that's the team that the 49ers consider themselves on like, you know, equal playing field, like an elite team in the league and they got completely destroyed." Well, from that point on, they went on to win what 10 straight games. Um after it seemed so dire when they got destroyed by the Chiefs, so I just think there there's there's some bounce back opportunity here with the Niners. So that's that's why I'm taking them. Do you have do you have any AFC picks? Do you know who who the 49ers might be playing in the Super Bowl if they do win Sunday? Uh, I'm leading I'm leading Chiefs. I just yeah. I know Baltimore's been the better team all year. I would not be shocked if they won it. We're gonna call this a you know. 60 40 is like where my confidence level is. Like, I just think they're a yeah. little better. I just think that the way the Chiefs defense is playing, I think it'll be a close game. And I just have a very hard time seeing Pat Mahomes not be able to figure out a way to win a close playoff game in that type of setting. I understand Lamar is the MVP, or he's in all likelihood going to win the MVP this year. Technically, it's not official. Yeah. He's just the, the front, the favorite right now. But yeah, I, th- I think it's, I think we're getting a rematch. Uh, I don't know if that makes people happy. Actually, I would guess it doesn't. Um, I actually think <laughs> I actually like the Niners' chances more if they were to face Baltimore, even though <laughs> Christmas oh, is terrible. I, I just think the fact that that happened sets them up to uh, have a. They know what they need to not do going into it, and they'll be thinking about it the entire way. Whereas, like, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm giving too much credit to Pat Mahomes and like for most of the season, it felt like he was throwing to literally no one, like no clue yeah. who his receivers are. Uh, he's, he's still pretty, pretty damn terrifying. He might end up being, I know obviously Tom Brady exists and his, he's unquestionably the best quarterback that we've ever seen to this point, or at least the most, the winningest quarterback. Pat Mahomes might end up being the best football player any of us ever see outside of Jerry Rice. (laughs) So him winning anything at this point wouldn't surprise me as good as Baltimore is. So I'm with you. Like my pick would be the Chiefs um, just because these playoff games so rarely go chalk or at least like, you know, like the chalk, the chalk outcome is it is less less probable in, in one game scenarios than, you know, in the NBA when it's when it's best of seven. So, yeah. Uh, I guess our prediction, Niners Chiefs, we're in agreement. We are in agreement. Uh, for better or worse, right. that's what I think we're seeing. And, you know, we'll find out. We'll find out Sunday if we're idiots or savants. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. All right, Sam, thank you so much for hanging out. Um, appreciate you having me on, on Light Years earlier this week. And uh, enjoy the game Sunday. Say hello to Andy for us. And, uh, and have, a good, have a good rest of the, the NFL playoffs. And, and obviously have a good rest of the, the Warriors season, however it ends up playing out. No comment on that one. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> All right. Talk For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.